Hello and welcome to MedTalks, conversations by medical students for medical students. Today we are fortunate enough to have Gio Boote in studio with us and he has agreed to share his expert opinion on how us as young medical students and young doctors can look after our finances, a skill all of us need to learn. Couldn't have said it myself better, Debbie. Thank you very much. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm Joey and welcome back to our next podcast. Today we're going to be speaking about that big F word, finance <laughs> and financial advice to young doctors and students alike. Today in studio we have Gio with us, Gio Boerta. How are you doing, Gio? Yeah, good morning. Thank you guys for having me on. Hopefully you haven't lost any listeners when you said finance because normally finance is very boring um, topic, but uh, hopefully we can change that perception. I think it's something that we all really need to know. I'm sure there's some entertainment value in finance <laughs> as well, so not just educating, <laughs> not just educating. So Hugh is currently a director and wealth manager at an advisory firm. Uh, he studied at the University of Pretoria and he's just going to be giving us some good general advice. I'm so excited to be chatting about this. Yeah. yeah, so let's get straight into it. So as young medical professionals, I think we've definitely come a long way. I mean, before 2010, doctors were earning less than 8,000 rand a month, which is quite shocking for the hours that we put in. And it's actually less than what a metro bus driver of three years experience is getting. Just to clarify, an intern doctor, not an all An intern doctors. doctor, sorry, an intern <laughs> doctor. So yeah, so this is... Uh, you know, uh, a shocking exploitation that young doctors underwent. However, fortunately for us, they put their foot down and they challenged the government and they went on strike and we've got the raises now that we rightfully deserve. But my question to you, Theo, is as a young spring chicken who has studied their lives away for the past six years and probably has hardly any money or had hardly any money at their disposal during this time and we've now stepped into what would feel like a mini fortune what should we do with our first few paychecks in order to settle into this new lifestyle yeah thank you um Debbie. yes it's changed a lot in the last couple of years for specifically medical doctors and we that's why i've been focusing and specializing in financial advice specifically for doctors in the last couple of years so we work with people studying six years and now, like you said, you're earning a little bit of money. Yeah, just hardly pocket anything. Money, pocket mm. money from your parents. Now you actually get a decent salary. So the first place where you have to start mm -hmm. is have a financial plan. Mm. And, and it needs to be so specifically made for you. I mean, you walk, when you first, as a doctor, some of you have loans, student loans of hundreds and thousands. Yeah. Some of you needs to look after your whole family, the black mm -hmm. tax that's there. Some of you just want to travel in the first year. Students think about marrying, getting married in the first year. Yeah. So each person, although they all study the same direction, although they're all working in the same field, is vastly different. And I think you have to realize that. Yes. As a financial um, professional, working with these students is very personal. And uh, the advice you're going to give afterwards needs to be specific for that person. Yeah. You can't just be general. It's advice. not a one-size-fits-all. Exactly. So the, we're just going to talk in general today on this podcast. But then for each this person, it's so completely different. The plan you will actually lay for. Yeah. You know, so that's where you have to start. Have a financial plan. And uh, I'll actually send you guys a copy of maybe just a brief breakdown that you can maybe distribute. Please, just that would be lovely. Because be, we're not going to be able to touch on everything today. Mm. But it is just basically uh, things like we started, what is your net worth? Now, every student's net worth will either be negative or be zero. <laughs> but it is very important to know that because as you go on, you need to increase your, increase your net worth, not your income. Because a lot of people think they're getting richer by increasing their income. But if you... Your expenses keep up with your income, you're going nowhere. There's no net worth. You're going so. nowhere. So, and I see a lot of medical doctor specialists 
under financial pressure. Yeah, and I think it's quite intimidating, you know, as a, a young medical student to come out of there, come out of sixth year and to know that your net worth is zero, but it is something that you have to face. Um, and it is something that you, you know, you have to kind of face head on and it'll be fine. I think, you know, we all kind of want to have our lives together. That's the nature of majority of who we are. And it, it can be very, very intimidating, but we have to start somewhere. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's important to know where you are and then where you want to go. And like I said, it's so specific for each person. And only then, when you see a financial expert, only then can you actually give a financial plan if he knows where you are going and where you are currently. Not to just give general advice, but to really make it specific for you as person. Getting a good history and then taking <laughs> it from there. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right. After we, hopefully, hopefully not, but after we <laughs> have blasted through our first few paychecks, we should rather be saving them. We got that. We got that from the first time. <laughs> so building that net worth. What, what is this next step we take? How do we, how do we set up a budget? And if so, how do we go about it? Where, where do we begin? Great. So it's great you touch on that because step three in our plan, financial plan that I spoke about earlier, is great developing a budget. So you, you know where you are by your net worth. You know where you're going with mm. your goals. Now we need to get you there. How right. do we get you there? We need money to get you there. And that's where the budget comes in. So you need to have a budget. Actually, from the first month, not after a couple of months. Because <laughs> you're going to get used to the money. It's very difficult then to start cutting. So it's important yes. to have a budget from the beginning. And a budget shouldn't be that daunting. I think a lot of people think a budget, oh, so negative. The connotation about a budget is so negative. Where does one start? You know, mm -hmm. and I think, once again, we'll send you a template. But to make it simple and to give you some guidance, we speak about the 50, 20, 30 principle. Mm -hmm. All right. So what that means is you start with your net um, income. So that is your gross income minus your tax. All of us have to pay tax. Mm -hmm. Then you have your net income. All right. So then we say that first 50%. Sorry, so then you list all your expenses. You need to have expenses. You mm -hmm. really must have expenses first. That should be more or less about 50% of your net worth. Okay. All right. So more or less 50%. If it's a lot more, kind of we have to work about bringing it down. Okay. Then what most people do is they go and spend or they buy clothes or they socialize. We say the next 20%, save that first. Invest it. Either retirement annuity, tax-free saving, long-term investment, short-term investment. There's a whole bunch of investments we can invest in. It's another whole can of worms. It's a, <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. A whole other episode. But save the first 20% after your must-have expenses. And then the next 30% you can actually then spend okay. on your nice to have. As disposable income. <laughs> As disposable income. And that's, once again, for each person that will be vastly different. Because some people like to go and eat out. Other people just want to travel the world. It's, it's completely different for each person so that just gives them some guideline as to what a budget should look like and to identify the weak points in your budget so sorry just uh coming back to um investing and saving i know this is obviously it's a very very broad topic but what what would you say just off the bat um where should we be saving our money and i know it's deeply personal as well it's still very very personalized but just if we can give our listeners like just a bit of an idea of what would be, you know, the right way to go. Great. So where you want to invest is needs to speak directly to your goals. Okay. First of all, if your goal was to cover all your debt in the next year, you don't want to start investing. A lot of people come to me, they want to invest, but they've got credit card debt or student loan debt of 100,000. I'm just like, an investment's never going to be give you more interest than what you are paying currently. Okay. So for the next year, we're firstly going to pay on covering your debt. Okay. Because that also increases your net worth. If you're covering your debt, you're also increasing your net worth. So that's one way of just, you know, minimizing your debt, paying off your debt. 
But if you don't have debt and you want to invest, then once again, what is your goal? If you want to travel at the end of the year, you want to invest in a short-term investment vehicle which doesn't, which doesn't fluctuate a lot and gives you a steady return in, in the market. All right. But if you are saving for a house in 5 to 10 years, it will be in a vastly different component than one in the short term. So that's where, once again, where your goals, what are you saving for? And then only can you advise in which specific funds you're going to invest. Okay. Um, if you are, I hear you. No, not to I, get too deep sense. into detail, but that's just need to speak to your goals. All right. Where you are investing in. So once we have this um, budget in place, which we will have from the beginning, okay. what habits should we adopt in order to become financially sustainable individuals? Yeah, so there's a lot of habits you can focus on. But for me, like the most important is focus what is in your control. So a lot of people, they talk about not earning enough money or, you know, looking at the news and there's so many different things um, going on. But that, all of those things are going out of your control. And you feel a lot, you're going to feel helpless if you just focus on that all the time. What is in your control is setting up a budget, how much you save, how much you spend, basic things. And we've mm-hmm. seen that people that are financially successful throughout their lives, they focus on those things. Okay. We can't control the market. We can't know what Trump's going to say and influence <laughs> the market. Things yeah. like a coronavirus, we yeah. can't control that. So we need to have a plan that's like kind of bulletproof against those things. And flexible, I and, guess. And, and flexible, but that is in our control. Our budget's completely in our control. Okay. You know, so focus on the things that's in your control. I think that was the one habit I see with successful, financially successful people. And I think that's not just a, a lesson in finance. I think that's a lesson in life, to yes. be honest with you. But De- that's a, <laughs> another topic. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, and another habit, maybe a life lesson as well, is play the long game. Now, I know you want to enjoy life. Currently, and life is short and you need to have it. But once again, if you have a, night, a good financial plan, you work with your budget, you put enough away, you work with the 50, 20, 30 principle, that 30, 30% is more than enough to enjoy life now. But you need to have the plan first. What you do with the 70% first is very important. So play the long game. Mm-hmm. You have to look for the future as well and not only live for today. I think that's something to definitely keep in mind mm-hmm. is that, I mean, yeah, <laughs> you kind of want to with that first paycheck make a big purchase or, you know, like, <laughs> like Debbie, for example, what are you, what's the first thing you're going to buy with that first paycheck yeah. of yours? I'll just furnish a house. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's a good point. And a lot of people say, I just want to enjoy my first paycheck. And I say, go, great, enjoy that. But then I contact you or we can set up a budget for then the month thereafter. And that's perfectly mm. fine. Yeah. All you need to furnish a house. That's your goal. That's also fine. Yeah. It's, it's, but I think it comes down to discipline at the end of the day. So, you know, especially when we're talking about like play for the long term, it definitely comes down to when you want those takeaways really, really, really badly, but you need to save that money. Just keep these things in mind. Uh, yeah. It's healthy money spending habits, I guess. These yes. things that help you to save in the long run. It's just like making a habit of like getting takeaways two or three times a week. It's going to cut into your budget at the end of the day. Exactly. But maybe reward yourself. That's also another habit that oh. also successful people no, have. Definitely. So if you work, stick to your budget throughout the week, reward yourself at the end of the week. You know, So don't make this very boring for you. Make like a nice, interesting game. Especially if you're a couple or a couple of friends, make it a game. You know, and see, let's stick to our budget. Then we reward ourselves at the end of the week. You know, It yeah. should be fun as well. 
can keeping up Definitely. to date with your usage of money as well. That's important, I guess. Like having a budget, number one, you need to see where your expenses are going. You need to clarify these things. And I'm sure you can tell us more about that. Yeah, 100%. That's, that's the reason for we, why we have a budget. We need to know where our money is going. I mean, all of us know that by the end of the month, you kind of sit back and say, where's all my money going? Yeah, where did this go? Yeah. Exactly, where did this go? And, and we see, once again, the successful clients, they know to the T what happens with their money. And I think that's where debit orders, you just need to be careful of debit orders because it can creep up so much, you know, without you knowing. Mm. So that's also a good place to start with your budget is go see what, which debit orders are going off at the beginning of the month and fill that into your budget. That's a good place to start. And cancel the ones that's not really necessary, you know, the... Gym contract, you might not be going. <laughs> yeah, just about to say. <laughs> twice a month <laughs> going, only twice a month, but you're paying 350 rand. Exactly. Uh, exactly. And that, that's a lot of money at the end of the day that is just going out, flying out of your account. And if you're not making use of that, what is the point? Exactly, yes. Tell me, Hugh, what are some of the biggest mistakes we as young professionals make with regards to how we spend our money? And can you give us some pointers how we can avoid these big mistakes? Sure. Okay. Yeah. How much time do we? <laughs> no, I'm joking. I think I think the biggest thing I see, and this is not just with medical um, professionals, this is with everyone, is postponing this the financial plan. I think we we will talk about it one day. One day mm. when we grow up. One day when I my salary is hundred thousand. One day my salary is eighty thousand. Then I'll start looking at the, these things, and it's more a habit of really an event. People think it's going to event. One day when I get married, my husband's going to look after it, or you know, they've got so interesting ideas about money. And I was like, it's a habit. It's just like you have to start where you are now and just really, you know, start with that habit. You you're know never, where your money yeah, is you're never, you're never going to get there if you don't start somewhere. Exactly. And a lot of people feel intimidated. Once again, it's, it's either boring or it's intimidated. They don't understand. So they're rather like, like the ostrich stick their head in the sand and you don't want to face it. Yeah. Ignorance yeah. is bliss ignorance in the title. I think it speaks, I think for a lot of people it's intimidating because it speaks directly to a lot of people about their self-worth because money and self-worth is very closely tied together. And I think it's when you have the kind of the confidence or the courage to face it, then you're actually, you're actually just doing yourself a massive favor. Yeah. You're touching on such an important point is kind of knowing yourself and your self-worth. And that's also to another thing I see is with, with social media these days, people spend money on things that's not really important to them. Now, they want to drive a BMW, but they don't really like cars. Yeah. You know, they just want to buy a car because society says we need yeah, it's to. a status thing. It's a status thing. Where, as another person, he may be passionate about cars and he really loves cars. That's fine. Then let's work it into your budget. It's not wrong to have cars, but know what's important for you. Know what you're willing to sacrifice. And I think, once again, that touching your point is know mm-hmm. yourself and your self-worth. And then you're not going to be influenced by other people and swayed by all of these ridiculous things like uh, just on the sideline i saw something so crazy i mean instagram nowadays obviously really taken off but you have so many apps that you can buy to enhance your instagram stuff like that it's quite ridiculous actually but this is where it's going so it's just yeah as you said remembering who you are and remaining true to who you uh, are i've seen the worst the other day is you can rent a plane but only for a picture so you rent the plane on the, on the runway <laughs> no, that is and you ridiculous. rent the photographer so they take you to the plane take a couple of pictures all right thank you you're done so you don't even get on the plane it's just like oh my you, goodness yeah, wow so that's a service. And, and i mean that's where the world's going to so you it's need really to know once again be true to yourself and what yeah. will make you happy and we unfortunately see also a lot of clients wealthy clients is not happy mm. and i think that's once again yeah um stick to who you are know yourself 
So can you tell us what are some of the pivotal life lessons that you've learned through your journey of being a financial advisor and how could we apply it to our lifestyles? Yeah, there's so many, like I said, I think we've spoken a lot about, uh, mm-hmm. touching a lot, of, a lot of them today. And I think is knowing yourself is really know what's important to you and then setting up a plan um, specifically for that. And I think just you as young professional advisor, you're going into your first year, um, it's so important to work with someone, either an advisor or a parent or a friend, but to keep you accountable. I think accountability these days are so important. You know, we all start off with this great plan and idea and if no one keeps us accountable, we kind of, we kind just, of it fades. Just, it just fades. And that's with everything in life. And with finances, it's exactly the same. So very few people have the discipline to stick to it. And that's fine. But if you have someone to keep you accountable, and I think when that's where an advisor might, should play a big role, not just to sell your product or investment, but to really keep you on track in this plan. And if you are spending more than you should, you know, to really say, listen, this wasn't really our goal. This was not your goal. Remember, you set the goals. Yeah. This is not really your goal. So maybe just refocus. What is your goal? This is a long-term plan and stick to it. You know, so have someone that keeps you accountable in the long run that will really um, put you up to good stead. That is some valuable advice indeed. Definitely. I mean, for me, currently, it, it's it's my dad who kind of tells me, I mean, that's where I get my pocket money from. But at the end of the day, he's also saying, yeah, like, how are you coming out with your money? I, I tell him this is where these are the pro- areas I'm struggling in. I mean, that accountability does so much for your own knowledge of your wealth and where your wealth goes to. And I mean, this is, I mean, just off a little small disposable income that I get yeah. from my dad. So for most people, it's their parents up until a certain point. Then you kind of want to break your parents, and that's mm. good. I mean, it's good to, to kind of break your, away from your parents, but then you need someone else, and it's good if it's in a relationship. We see also a lot of couples doing it good, and also couples that never talks about finance. Period, under the rug. For can- counseling sessions, and I feel like then they... Uh, you Is know, this a relationship? That's <laughs> also <laughs> just for your financial <laughs> help? I'm like, no, don't get me involved. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Maybe just to end up on a couple of practical points for you going... Uh, yes, for last please. year's going to, um, to, to the first year of work, and then you're going to earn some money. Just things to look out for. If you choose to work with an advisor, I would just choose someone that's um, independent and not sell you like a product. Okay. Maybe just... He needs to ask you these questions that we've spoken about today. You yes. know, really get to know you as a person and not just sell you a one fits for one all. size fits you all. Know, yeah. That is that is the old way of financial advice, I guess. These days uh, people are a lot more clued up and it's a new way mm. of financial advice. It's a personalized experience. It's a personalized experience, one hundred percent. Um it's, it's it's to find someone that and that resonates to you. I mean it's like when I go to the doctor, it, it I need to trust him as well. Mm. Um luckily in your field all of you will be qualified. There's a registered qualification. In our, our field, it's a certified financial plan. It's also a designation. So we just get sure, sure you get someone that's qualified as well and um, to assist you in going forward. And you know, I mean, you've, the medical profession, you guys work hard to get to a point where you start earning money and then look after that money. I mean, you want to <laughs> work so hard. <laughs> you, you, you want to use that and to, to build wealth for you and to enjoy life as well. And a financial plan will, will get you there. Yes, yes, it allows you to, to, to live the lifestyle that you want to and that you've dreamed to. You spoke about the goal earlier. Um, Hugh, after we graduate, I am aware, um, that a lot of financial institutions and banks are going to approach us as we, we are a specific target market that they know we will be earning We're X special. amount. <laughs> and, and X amount of money. Um, what things should we keep in mind? when we are offered something like private banking or credit cards, like what are some things that we just need to know about this basics? 
Yeah, if, if you think you're special now, wait till after the year, you're going to feel a whole lot more special <laughs> because these people are really going to say you are the best and you are, and I mean, you guys study hard, and, but they will really try to get, like you said, they are after. Stroke our egos. Yeah, they just want our money. <laughs> and uh, you guys are so busy, take off the time. I think once again, it's knowing yourself, knowing your goals. So a lot of people want a private banker, status thing, and then until you... What advantages does it give private banking? <laughs> for a basis, uh, for a person... You will never basically use it until you like travel a lot. It's just like foreign currency swaps and you always have someone, the same person to speak to. So there is a couple of advantages. It's mm. just a nice to have. You have to weigh up if it's worth paying the three or four hundred rand extra per month, which it normally is for, for private banking. I know they've got specials for the first year. You don't pay that and all, but you're going to, to pay it in the long run. Okay. So there is, a, it's a nice to have. It's really a nice to have. There's some certain advantages. Um, but. Should you, do you really need it? No, not really. But if you're in the luxury, you want your life simplified, it is a nice maybe for you to have, but know that you are going to sacrifice something else as well. So what are you willing to sacrifice? I think once again is where does it fit into your whole financial financial plan? Um, yeah, there's certain banks obviously have a good reputation, but most of all, most banks are fairly similar. They've got certain offers for medical students. There's certain brands that medical student wants. Um, mm. Yeah, so... So for the banks, yes, you can have a private banker, but just know that you are sacrificing something. For the um, insurance inter- institutions, just make sure that you um, they s- sell you because they do sell you something that you really need. Because a lot of the time they would say, you're a medical student, you need this and this and this. Now for a young medical student without who doesn't have debt or doesn't have children, he doesn't need life cover. You know, So they will always sell you these things because they get commission. We get upfront commission for that. You know? yes. So they will obviously up the premium and to make sure that they get more money. So I think it's just little things to be wary of. And to once again, how does this fit into my plan? And that's we kind of have to little know a little bit about finance. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have to know all of the details about finance, but at least know away. what you know, what is life but what is this guy selling me? Yeah, it's always worth reading up about these things and knowing a little bit so you can take it definitely. Take yeah, take and, it and from maybe you see one or two, three different advisors and, and then you can just then you know yeah. you know, you can weigh them up. And at the end of the day, it's a trust game. It should be someone that you work with through through the long term. You know, mm. it shouldn't be just a one year off, and you know, it should be someone that keeps you accountable. So you need to kind of like that person, and you need to trust that person yeah, as well. Yeah, it's forming a relationship with uh, with someone to work with your wealth, and they, they you do want someone that's going to trust you trust to give you the right advice. Yeah, so I think it's changed a lot from salesperson to a relationship, long term relationship yeah. you, you do have with someone. Another question that we were actually talking before this episode, we were talking about building credit and how to build a credit score. When should we start building a credit score? How do we even go about that? It's good to have a credit card, even though if you're not going to use it. So it's good to then, so it's good to then use it throughout the month, but to then notify it at the end of the month. So you buy on credit and then at the end of the month, you just pay your, when you get your salary, just pay off your credit card. So it gets to zero. That way the banks can see, right, this person does have access to credit and he doesn't abuse credit. You know, so um, that's why it's good to have a credit card, even if you don't really need it, but it's good to have a credit card. When you then later on want to buy property, um, maybe a car, etc., mm. they can see, okay, at least he had credit card. And also be wary of those shopping, um, the clothing bills, mm. the accounts <laughs> yes. that you don't pay off. Because <laughs> you know, if they red flag you once, it will remain in the system. You know? oh, wow. So to just, and it might just be a couple of hundred rand, but, but still, it's, but not still worth it. make, it's not worth it. Make sure you do 
pay off that by the end of the month. That Eckers account. <laughs> yeah, that Eckers account. Make sure you do pay that off monthly. Someone's given my number. <laughs> I get a and, lot of Eckers SMSs. And, and remember, banks and, and credit cards, they, they're going to call you all the time and to increase your credit limits. You know, and a lot of people fall into that trap. So now all of a sudden I have 100,000 Rand extra. It's not your money. Yeah, do you really have it? Exactly. <laughs> it's, not, it's not your money. And the interest you are paying on that is normally up to 20%. Oh, geez. Now that's a hell of a lot of that's interest you are oh, paying. And, and people fall into that trap. And then they come to me, they want to invest. And I'm like, you've got a big problem here. Let's, you first need to pay off your, your, your credit card. Yeah. You know? So knowing that interest, also when you buy a car, and there's a balloon payment and the interest you're paying on that. So a lot of people can't really afford the car they are buying and they, they don't know the interest. It might be a 300,000 rand car, but you're actually paying 600,000 rand for it. Yeah, but for them it's 3,000 a month and I've got a bucky or exactly. something like that. Exactly. So don't think the long term. And I think that's also just be something to be wary of. Okay. Yeah, that's some great advice. Thank you. I feel like um, apps are offering me a credit card. Is <laughs> it the worst thing in the world? <laughs> Need to build up that credit score. Yeah. Shall we ask our question? Yes, I think we must ask our question. I think it's very yes. So it's a wonderful the way question. Guys are <laughs> <laughs> We've got something planned here. Yeah. So, you you test positive for COVID nineteen. We hope you don't, but <laughs> in our fake scenario, <laughs> in our fake scenario, and you are sentenced to a small room of self isolation, which has a TV in it, a music player, and a small little window. And you have access on your phone to Uber Eats, which is access to one restaurant. So you need to tell us now, which restaurant do you choose? Which movie or film do you choose to watch on your TV? Which mm. artist are you going to be listening on, uh, on the music player? And which book are you reading? Oh, wow, yeah. That's, that's a good question. That's <laughs> an interesting one. Okay, so I like meat. Uh, I, I like a steak, medium rare steak. And the vegans are going to hate you. <laughs> Sorry, guys. That's what it is. It doesn't get better than that. <laughs> All right. Um, so steak and uh, probably from Spur. Actually, Spur uh, steaks are very good with the they roasting. Are. They are. aren't bad and, at all. And, um, okay. And the movie first that comes to mind is, is if I, The Gladiator. I mean, that's something that I would be able to watch over and over again. I think this is you're mm. going to have to have a movie there that you're going to be to be willing to watch it. Are you not again. entertained? Are you not entertained? Exactly. That's brilliant. We can say that after the episode. Are you not entertained? Um, so that's a, a good movie. Um, a book. Yeah, I kind of like Robin Sharma. It's just like he's very, you know, he speaks to the soul. So I think. Um, Going to need something to keep yeah, you sane. Yeah, I think he's, I recently read The 5am Club by Robin oh, Sharma. Yes. And it's very, it's, a, it's like a story. It's a feel good mm. story. And it's. I actually quite like that. So I think that will keep me positive. Yeah, to my, your isolation. Isolation. And uh, the band, I would say, no judgment, but Coldplay. Oh, I love Coldplay. <laughs> uh, so, it's, no it's judgment. It's yeah. for, I think, every mood you are in. Mm. The best, best well, they do cover all those. And you can listen to them for quite a while. Yeah. No, that's that's incredible. I, I, I back your choices. Mm. All right. Uh, Gio, thank you so much for coming in today. We really, really appreciate it. And I know our listeners will definitely appreciate the really solid advice that you've given us and yes thank you to you our dear listeners uh, for tuning in once again give us a follow on instagram follow on facebook and twitter 
And if you have anything that you want to ask, anything that you want to say, slide into the DMs, drop us a comment. We'd really appreciate it. Just want to thank all the listeners again from my side. <laughs> uh, Gio, thanks so much for coming in today. It's been a pleasure chatting to you. Thank, yeah, guys, thank you very much and well done for what you guys are doing and all the best for the year ahead and with your podcast show. Thank you so much. Oh, and just by the way, uh, for those of you that are interested that uh, finance has really captured you, um, Gio actually has his own podcast called The F Word Finance. We'll tag him on our Instagram page and then you guys can go give him a follow. Thank you. Bye.